0: Hello, hello, my friends. I am Jenny Lynn, and this is my show. I am a wife and mom of two crazy kiddos. I have struggled many years with chronic illness and pain. I have a passion to find out as much as I can while navigating through life, not always feeling 100%. I have realized that having a positive mindset is a must in today's crazy world. You deserve to live this life showing up as your best self, and I can help you get there. If you've been feeling lost after becoming a mom... You're not alone. I know that incredible woman is still in there, just begging to be found. I am here to create a safe non-judgmental space for like-minded women. Let's empower each other. I am so happy you're here. Now let's jump into the 123 Mom Squad podcast with me, Jenny Lynn. friends and welcome back to another episode of the 123 mom squad podcast i hope that you are enjoying all of these episodes as much as i am creating them for you i am having so much fun listening to all of these special guests and with all these inspired stories and their healing journeys it's really truly amazing i'm I'm having the time of my life, so I really hope that you are finding useful and helpful information out of these podcasts, and I really hope that you could share them to anybody that they might help as well i want to get this word out to as many people as we possibly can that's that's my ultimate goal so i hope that you're following me on my social media as well i have some awesome exciting news that i've been working on i am creating a program to better serve you and to hopefully um i will i will you know what, I don't want to give it away. So you're just going to have to follow me and um, and see and learn a little bit more. But you can follow me on my public Facebook page. It's just 123 mom squad, And then from there, I believe I already put a post out to follow my private page. And then you'll be able to see what it is that I've been working on. And of course, you can also find me on Instagram at jenny.lyn underscore. So let's talk about today's guest. Gina Newton, she is a holistic, spiritual, trauma informed coach that guides you to heal both physically and mentally. After spending over 20 years in a high stress career, Gina found herself in deep physical pain and out of alignment with life overall. After having been recommended a highly invasive surgery by four different doctors, Gina's path to healing both physically and spiritually evolved. As a result, Gina is no longer in physical pain. Through her business, Holistical Healing with Gina Marie, she intuitively coaches anxious women to heal in mind and body to step into their most confident and authentic self. She's got three different levels of coaching packages, Reiki physical energy training sessions and private individual group yoga experiences as well. She's primarily focused is to reconnect the mind and body and building strength both physically and mentally. Gina is one of one of the position that to be well, you need to take care of the entire person in mind, body, and soul. So without any further ado, let's get to it.
1: Good afternoon. How are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. It's so nice to see you. Thank you so much for having me on absolutely thanks for coming back and giving us all your wonderful information
2: so to my audience um this is gina newton she is a holistic spiritual trauma informed coach that guides you to heal both physically and mentally and after spending over 20 years in a high stress career gina found herself in deep physical pain and out of alignment with low life overall so now she is here helping women And she's the owner of Holistic Healing. So Gina, can you tell us
1: about what it is that you are helping women with now? So thank you so much, Jenny. So um, I really work with women sort of to guide them back to themselves, to reconnect themselves in mind and body, to sort of, you know, shed years of old narratives and old programming Um, that have rendered them highly stressed, very anxious and sort of disconnected to, you know, their true authentic self. And so I'm really in the business of guiding women back to themselves to connect to their intuition um, and, you know, sort of release, you know, years of, um, you know, what I think about is like an outer shell um, that has developed over, you know, who they're truly meant to be nice do you feel that mm,
2: the majority of your clients are
1: moms um so i have worked with both moms and um women who do not have children i do work with the majority um of women that are moms and you know there's a lot that goes along with motherhood um in particular and i think that you know for the women i've worked with and myself included you know motherhood was sort of you know this everyone says motherhood changes you of course it changes you but you know until you are there i don't think we really appreciate how um and we all sort of change differently with motherhood um but what i find is a lot of women lose themselves um and it can be even more so if you had sort of already lost yourself um prior to having children uh and so you know what i feel um with the moms that i am working with now is sort of like how do we um reprioritize uh you know taking care of themselves both physically and mentally so i do i do do a lot of work with moms i can definitely see that and relate to that
2: as well um so when or how long ago did you start your practice holistic healing? And are you doing that full time?
1: I I'm still part time. The business, um, let's see. The business started. I hope I started my business. I would say two and a half to three years ago. Uh, and actually, the business started off as you know more of a accountability to um, helping my clients. You know, nourish themselves better. Um, and take care of their physical body in a very loving nourishing way and so that was the original inception of the business but what I really learned very quickly from the clients that I started working with was how deep um some emotional um the emotional mindset piece was to uh Self-care. And like I was I'm actually trying to avoid that word self-care because it's such a buzzword and everyone's like, more self-care, more self-care. But like, what does that mean? Um, and you know, for me, it's really sort of, you know, women like self-care uh is so much mental to me. Uh, and it's so far beyond um getting your nails done or getting your hair cut, like when some or even like working out, you know, someone Said, Oh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, doing my self care and like, you know, working out on my bike. And yeah, that is taking care of yourself. But what I found very quickly in my line of work is that there was a huge emotional component that was actually, or I was feeling intuitively and, you know, witnessing women just having this deep struggle getting around some of these emotional blocks. And so You know, my business quickly evolved into holistic healing with Gina Marie um, from my own journey, but also because I was seeing women, you know, sort of unable to get around some of um, these emotional blocks. And so I really want to help women, you know, tune into themselves and what they need, free of other people's opinions and you know, sort of what society tells us we need to be doing um, in terms of like our day-to-day responsibilities. Right. And as a motherhood or in motherhood,
2: I think we all feel the need to take care of everybody first and then we always come last. And I think that now, like you mentioned, you know, it's all about your mindset and self-care and everything. I think women are becoming more aware that they need to take care of themselves, Um, not only physically, but mentally, because it's so important what we put in our brains, the way that our body reacts with the energy that we feed our our minds. Um, And you had mentioned that you had to do some work on yourself within your journey. Can you tell the audience about
1: your journey? Absolutely. Um, You know, so one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this work is because Geez, it's like, um, like it's about six, uh, five years ago at this time. Uh, I was in deep physical pain. Um, the year before, the six months before, I had lost, um, some of the closest people to me, um, including my father. And, you know, within two to three months of losing my father, I developed this, uh, deep hip pain. And, I was a runner and I found myself going from someone who was running at least um, 40, you know, up to 60 to 80 miles a week, um, which here the um, the extensiveness of those miles, because it matters, um, you know, to someone who couldn't even walk a step. I could not sleep uh, because I was in so much pain. There was no position that I could sit in. Uh, where I wasn't completely consumed by my pain. And not only, of course, was it physically limiting, but it was mentally limiting. I couldn't even think I could not pick my children up. Uh, You know, we would be in these very beautiful, joyous experiences. I remember going apple picking one time and I was sort of crying inside because I couldn't walk to, you know, the next tree. Um, to pick the apples with my kids. And I had always been a very active person. Um, And so I was, you know, 40 years old at the time. And I was finding myself after years of quote unquote, taking care of myself, not being able to even think because I hurt so badly. And so At that time, I was, and this is where the holistic healing comes in, is at the time, I went to um, at least five surgeons, physical therapists, um, and, you know, just how can I run again? You know, how can I run again? How can I relieve myself of this pain? Um, And I was prescribed a highly invasive surgery that was nine years old at the time. It was only done in 20-year-olds. Um, And it was to address, you know, what I was told was a, you know, um, you know, from birth, uh, you know, uh, hip dysplasia is something you're born with. And, uh, you know, I was just sort of, you know, advised to have this surgery, it would have taken me out of work for eight weeks. Um, My children were small at the time. And, you know, everything I researched about it would have had me heavily medicated. And, you know, the solution wasn't a guarantee. It wasn't a guarantee. And so uh, I had a moment, uh, I was riding an exercise bike at the YMCA and I just, something clicked in my mind and said, I, I'm not going to do this surgery and I'm going to heal my body um, naturally. And, you know, that was really probably one of the most prominent moments where, um, I started to actually do, do more of a holistic look at myself, meaning like, how was I spending my time? How was I moving my body? What was I eating? Um, but actually what it really was, was, you know, what was in my mind, what was living in my body that was actually now screaming to come out. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm of the position that you know, unhealed wounds, unprocessed trauma um, sort of takes up residence in our bodies. And and that is exactly what happened to me. I had a lot of unprocessed grief and trauma from my childhood and even sort of my teens and my twenties just um i had spent a lot of time sort of running from these experiences you know my one of my old therapists said it was like my bad out of hell complex it was just i've got to get out of here but i was surviving and i was not processing i was not feeling uh and so you know it was at that moment where i started to unpack my mindset and you know the ways of talking to myself and the ways i was living my day to day And so that was years ago now. Um, And I, you know, now sit across from you. uh, I'm not in a single ounce of pain. Uh, I have had to do physical rebuilding of my body. I have had two C-sections with my daughters. And um, one of them was actually a very traumatic birth where I honestly didn't know if she was coming out alive. And the other one was more of a planned, serene birth, but regardless, my body was impacted by pregnancy and C-sections. And so while I had to do physical work, I firmly believe it was the mental work that freed up this unprocessed pain, trauma, um, and lots of other feelings that were, uh, my body had just become a graveyard for. Um, That's
2: incredible. When, when you say that you wanted to start um, in the holistic journey, where did, where did you turn to? Like, did you turn to a coach? Did you turn to YouTube? Where did you go when you had that, like, shift in your mind?
1: Let's take a quick break. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel
2: Dewey.
1: an interesting question. Now I have to think back to that, you know, my sort of, I I mean, I, I'm always a proponent of therapy. So I had had a, I've had a therapist on and off throughout my life since I was nine years old. Um, And so I think at first it was talking about it. It was talking about, you know, my pain, Um, you know, what were my pains and my traumas of the past? Uh, And then, you know, I actually, in parallel, my daughters, I had put my daughters in therapy. And when I would start talking to the therapist um, for my daughters, what was happening was I was seeing some of my own behaviors in my daughters. Okay. I was seeing anxiety. I was seeing um, self-limiting beliefs like, oh, I can't do that. And here I am trying to say, Oh, of course you can do this. Of course you can do this. And, um, you know, I sort of started looking at myself to, you know, question whether or not, like, what am I modeling for them? And it was in that moment as well, that their therapist said, you know, I really think you should talk to this other woman. And she was an intuitive coach. Uh, And she actually was, um, and her name is uh, Danielle Federico. She is out of, um, you know, the Massachusetts, Boston area. She was one of the first women that sort of said, you know, look like you are highly intuitive. You feel other people's energy. You have a lot of trauma in your past. And You know, she really opened a big door for me to other intuitive spiritual healers and healing um, energy work and energetic medicine that, you know, really opened my eyes to a lot of different modalities that had nothing to do with taking medication or going into an operating room, which... You know, like these practices will always be here and they'll always be needed. But what I want listeners to know is there are a lot of other options for healing. Um, And so I did turn to a lot of people and I sort of started, you know, and that was sort of in parallel with the pandemic hitting. Uh, And so I was afforded a lot of different connections with people thanks to virtual, courses and work virtual meetings in order to sort of open myself up to other community of people and other, you know, mindset practices. Gotcha.
2: Okay. So you do um, Rigi Yoga. um, What else could
1: you offer your, your clients? So right now, um, I do one on one coaching. um, And you know, my coaching is Um, And it's funny, I've talked to one of my clients and she's like, you really help people return to themselves. And, you know, for for your listeners, that may be like, well, what does that mean? Uh, And so I always think about it that, you know, we are sort of born a certain way. Now, when we're born, we genetically carry um, experiences and, um, you know, traumas from our ancestors back to seven generations so but in general you're born you know sort of I think of us as being born like very vanilla and pure and you know without experiences and then of course we go through um, you know our upbringing and you know depending upon you know what our parent our parent belief systems are you know maybe you didn't have both parents in the house. Um, you know, you sort of start getting, um, you know, your your life experiences start forming you in childhood. And then you, of course, go to school and you have experiences with now other people outside of your house and teachers and, you know, uh, just different influence. And then you get into a workplace and then that creates more. And so, you know, what, and, and those experiences vary across all of us, right? We all have these individual experiences, but what I know to be true is, you know, what I see routinely is that we get um, pulled away from what we truly want by the influence of the world and society and other people. And so what I work with people to do is, you know, I don't heal you, you heal yourself by creating practices um, in, you know, around your mindset and your self-care habit that sort of allow you to come back to like, what are your core values? What matters to you? You know, and you know, I recent I really have started focusing on the concept of the mother wound Um, and the mother wound can show up in us by, you know, for a few ways. One, we have no boundaries. Uh, you know, we, uh, our inner critic runs our show, Uh, you know, we never feel enough. And so we are always overdoing and overgiving and, you know, sort of just putting ourselves further and further back in line to getting any attention. And so, you know, healing the mother wound Um, and there's multiple levels of the mother wound, but, you know, the most, the easiest or the most prominent, I think, are, you know, how the mother food, the mother wound on a personal level and then the mother wound on a collective level. So from a personal level, it's, you know, you can have a the mother wound or it can show up through any impact to your own mothering. Any, any impact, right? So, you know, for example, if you grew up with a mother who was very self-loathing and, you know, um very negative or um, you know, had a very um negative body image and sort of stayed small, like didn't speak up, didn't say anything. Well, we absorb that, right? Because that's who we're living with. That's our what that's what we're modeled. And so healing the mother wound sort of releases us from some of those old programmings and old narratives and sort of allows us to say, well, you know what? This there is no right or wrong. You know, this there's preferences and opinions. And so, you know, and healing the mother wound says, it's okay that I don't answer the phone for this person calling me right now, because I don't have the energy to give to the conversation and feeling safe in doing that. And, you know, and sort of addressing some of these points, you know, you're able to sort of tune in more to your mind and your body um, without the influences of other people's opinions and preferences. and you know, there there is a collective of what's expected out of women and expected out of mothers. And it is this self-sacrifice and it is this, you know, don't talk too loud. Don't be too intense. Be the good girl. And so, you know, in shedding my own good girl, I want other women to do the same, especially moms. Yeah,
2: that's very true. It's so very true. So when somebody comes to you to, um, Is it, do you normally, or do you find more or less that somebody comes to you with like mental trauma or physical pain, or do you work with both or one or the other? So if somebody came to you and says, I have, let's just say I have um, fibromyalgia and I have a daily, daily pain just everywhere and my joints hurt. Um, What's the first step that you kind of
1: would go from there? That's a great question. Um, so, you know, if someone were to come to me for something like that, um, first I would always make sure somebody is on the, under the care of a physician, um, for such a condition. Um, so I, that is sort of out of my scope to sort of, you know, go into sort of that type of diagnosis, um, or whatnot. But, you know, when, when someone tells me that in particular, I'm like, what did this person go through? That is my first inkling. How did, what has this person been through in their life? And then um, how do they take care of themselves on, you know, from day to day? And so when I actually start working with clients, I actually just start um, shadowing their uh, eating movement, mindset, stress management practices. And, you know, I do it through a variety of ways. I can I can do it through like um, a journal, a, a shared journal where I observe, um, you know, this person's day-to-day um, activities. Um, but then I also use this, um, you know, it's an app, it's called Boxer, and it's sort of like a walkie-talkie where the person can sort of self-report, okay, you know, I woke up today, I didn't eat breakfast till noon, um, I... You know, sat at my desk all day. So I basically start working with people by just observing them. And then, you know, when we meet, I meet with people typically for an hour or um, depending upon what package, it could be once a month for 90 minutes. Um, but we start talking about, you know, what their self care practices are. But then very quickly it shifts into, mindset work, emotional work. Uh, And, you know, what I find so often is um, women are not empowered. They are apologizing a lot. They are putting themselves last um, all the time. And, you know, I don't sit across from you and, you know, you know, with your listeners to say that, you know, prioritizing yourself is hard, hard work it really is. And every day it looks a little different. Some days it's one minute and other days it's, you know, it gets to be an hour. Um, but for some women, it's only like five to 10 minutes a day that they can do something. But here's my plea is please do something for yourself every day, because, you know, there is no reward at the end for most self-sacrificed. And you know, I'm really in the business of living a long, healthy life, and I do feel and have experienced that you know, self-neglect, self-limiting belief, and sort of telling yourself, "Well, I'm stuck. there's nothing I can do. Uh, that does impact our health. because what we tell ourselves, it manifests into our reality. And I can honestly tell you, four years ago, I was crying on the couch to my husband, feeling very stuck, feeling very unfulfilled. You know, I'm married to an amazing, supportive man. We have beautiful, healthy children, but I was stuck in a career that I was no longer connected to. My body was in pain. And there was a moment where I was like, this is going to be my life forever. Until I decided that it wasn't going to be my life forever, and you know, I began the healing work, this inner work that we speak of. But you know the inner work is it is very individual. it's actually a sort of I think of it as a precision medicine because my journey is not your journey. So when I work with people like, of course, I share practices that have worked for me, but my practices may not work for you. and so, It's really me working with the individual to figure out, you know, where is their area of healing? Um, You know, what are the tools that are going to work for them? Uh, You know, something as simple as mantras, like actually telling yourself, I am safe. That's a big one because a lot of women don't feel safe in their bodies. And so it is very individual, the work that I do. And so I do one-on one coaching. I'm on the verge of putting out a small group plan based on um, the healing of the mother wound, but um, you know, I also work with people. Um, i do I do Reiki sessions, and you know, Reiki is a really interesting modality. Um, you know, I'm a trained bench scientist, you know originally, and you know so when someone tells you they're gonna move your energy with life force energy with your hands, you know, my old scientist self is like, this is made up, like this doesn't even make much sense. But what I can tell you is it does work. Um, It really sort of blows my mind every time I do one of these sessions. And, you know, it's just an opportunity to like move your energy, shift your energy. And again, it's coming back to, you know, these, you know, all this old programming, these self-limiting thoughts and sort of, when we have anger, guilt, shame, fear, if you are not feeling this and it has nowhere to go, it it will sit in your body and it will impact your health. Yeah, that's very important. And you know
2: everything that I've been like listening to with um, all of all of my guests along this this whole like holistic journey and mental and inner work nobody's going to do it for you. You have to want to do it for yourself. You can't take a pill to be happy. You can't take a pill to erase your past. You can't, you know, it's, if if you want to genuinely live the best, your best life, you have to do the work to get to that point. And um, like you had mentioned that you wanted to live a long, healthy life. You also want to live a long, healthy and happy life. You know, you don't want to just live to be 100 and be an absolutely miserable Grinch with your life. You know,
1: very, very you Have
2: to you have to do the work. You know, you you really do have to do the work. And to do that work, you have to you have to do this, you know, air quote me time. And, it, and it's not just going for a massage or like you said, going to get your nails done. Sit somewhere in silence, even if it's just five, 10 minutes before bed, turn the TV off or put on some calming music off of YouTube. You know, sit crisscross applesauce or whatever and just close your eyes and like listen. Try so hard to listen to your inner voice and what is it telling you to do? Um it's hard. It is not easy, especially as a mom and a woman, because we have a thousand tabs open at any given time, you know, like meditating is really really hard for me. I've I've learned or I've not learned and learning um you know I think I can make it through two minutes at this point without another thought. You know, and then I'm like, okay, stop, recenter, go back to your breathing. You know, you got to focus on something. And it's really, it sounds so simple, but it is so hard. It is just so hard to really stay in tune with just your thoughts and not, I have to go get the kids. I have to go grocery shopping. What's for dinner tonight? you know, and all the questions that women and moms have, um, but you have to be the one to really make that decision that you want to genuinely live
1: a pain-free, healthy and happy life. So it it, it, it is so true. And I actually want to um, just hit on a point where we talked about happy, right? So I don't think, and I think it's really important for people to think about this. Like it is not possible to be happy all the time. Right. It, you know, life continues to hand hand us, you know, whatever a variety of, you know, obstacles, challenges like, you know, in life pivoting moments. And, you know, one thing that I think is important, I was just um, thinking or talking to someone about is if you're not feeling all your feelings, you can actually be. Like holding your happiness feeling back. So, you know, this is kind of part of the mother wound too, is like, you know, society, there is a lot of people who believe that feeling your feelings is, um, you know, weakness, you know, crying is weakness. I actually beg my clients to cry. I'm like, and I can tell sometimes I'm talking to someone and they want to cry so bad and they're holding it in. And I'm like, please stop holding your tears in, listeners. Don't hold your tears in. Crying is not weakness. That is your body needing to expel energy. Okay. Crying is safe. And, you know, crying, anger, shame, guilt, like just sort of start noticing these feelings and sort of observing yourself. Like that is, you know, the other thing that I talk to people about a lot is just being an observer of yourself without judgment and just notice when you're feeling guilty and notice when you're feeling ashamed and sort of just say, "Hmm, that's just that inner critic of mine. She just is, you know, bubbling up this feeling of inadequacy or guilt or shame, like, or I shouldn't have taken this extra hour for myself. But here's the thing is, you know, I see women over and over just, well, I have to do all this stuff for my kids and I do this all the time. But what I find is I can like give my children everything, but if I have nothing left, like it's not helping them. It's not helping them. Um, You know, I can tell you as a child who had a mother who never took care of herself, she never, um, you know, invested in herself. She never sort of, um, she didn't care about herself. She actually loathed herself. Um, This did not help me. This did not help me. And so, you know, what I always think about is, you know, if I could say something to my mother as a child at the time, it would be, actually, can you please go leave me with somebody and go take care of yourself for an hour? Um, And I know every woman does not have support, right? A lot of women are doing this by themselves. Um, But even if you do not have you know, community or support. It is like you suggested getting into bed at night and sort of just sitting with yourself, connecting with your body, having a good cry, journaling about all the things that, you know, sort of upset you that day and getting it out of your body. That is my biggest message for the listeners is these feelings of inadequacy, guilt, shame. um, I'm not good enough. Like they have to we have to reframe our thoughts. We have to remind ourselves that we are enough. We are doing our best. We are loved. We are safe, but these negative feelings also need to be released from our bodies because otherwise our bodies will absorb them. And we will, I mean, in my case, it was hip pain Um, In other people, it's, you know, different diseases and, you know, that, example of the person with fibromyalgia, I'm, you know, you know, uh, there is a lot of science around autoimmune disorders and childhood trauma. Uh, and you know, there's a big link there and there's also a lot of data and science that, you know, unprocessed trauma, uh, sort of manifests in the areas of our bodies where we experienced it. And so it just sort of is more evidence from a scientific perspective that, you know, the mind, um, the body keeps the score. It's an excellent book, actually. Um, But the mind controls the body. And so, you know, we've got to shift our thoughts and our thinking patterns. And we've got to care for our body in a loving way, not in a I need to lose 10 pounds weigh, but in a, we need, I, we need to nourish and strengthen our bodies.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that, Gina. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, And just kind of circling back around to just feeling our emotions. And I think that society has men in particular holding their emotions back. And I have an 11 year old son that almost feels ashamed when he's either made a mistake or if he's hurt, he feels like he should go. You can see him kind of start to break down into a cry, but then he'll go, I'm fine. You know, like right away he I'm okay. Well, why, why? And I've done nothing to not tell him don't cry. You know, I mean, well, I mean, I could say that even for my daughter, I mean, anybody who crying, they, you know, show its weakness, right? It's crying is weakness. Well, no, because I, I'm a, I'm a frustrated crier. So like if I get so passionate about something and I'm like trying to convey an argument or whatever, I'll start crying. But then I'm like, Oh, Jenny, stop crying because you're showing that you're weak. But I'm so passionate about trying to get my, my, for them to listen and for them to understand. But, and that's, that that just drives me crazy. My daughter is the same way. But, you know, speaking, speaking to men, men, please don't be afraid to, to cry and show your emotion. I mean, it's honestly, I find it more attractive because you can actually tell how you're feeling rather than just holding it back, you know? And I think the longer, the longer you hold, it's like, it's like an onion, right? I mean, all you're doing with trauma is putting layer over layer over layer And it's going to take you that much longer to unpeel those layers if you're trying to kind of undo all that past trauma in your
1: life. And yeah, it's got to come out. It's going to come out somehow. Emotions are very important. I just wanted to like um, touch on what you were saying is, well, even sort of like when you hear the narratives of like, don't cry, you're showing your weakness, like that's your ego. Like that is your ego trying to protect you and sort of like being like, no, it's okay to cry. It is okay to be human. I am safe when I'm in my humanness. I am safe when I'm messy. And, you know, it's this whole um, good girl, good kid, um, you know, mentality is we are always good. We are always loved. But, you know, if, you know, the home we grew up in or the societal pressures, um, you know, to be obedient and to be good, um, you know sort of uh or b follow the rules like you know we can go we if you've lived life where you couldn't break the rules or you couldn't make a mistake it makes good sense why you know you feel even as an adult like you can't mess up you know you can't um say the wrong thing but it's like we're all human and so it's sort of you know one turning the opinions of other people off right because there are there is no good and bad. There are preferences and opinions. There is no good and bad, and your choices are your choices. And that's what I want the listeners to hear is um, tuning into you, what matters to you, and you know, standing firm and confident in who you are. Um, but that is the work: is coming in and knowing your worth, knowing you're safe. Um, Knowing your words and your feelings matter and sort of tuning out everyone else. We are not for everybody. Everybody is not for everybody. You find your people. And that's one of the biggest things that I think moms really need is your people. Um, You know, someone who is going to judge you for your choices of like what you feed your children or like what activities they do. Like those are not your people. They are not your people we all make our own choices and what's good for us and what's good for our children. But, you know, being in community, I think is one of the the biggest gifts and, you know, pieces of healing I can advise people is find your community and, you know, know that if, you know, you run into someone who is judgmental, you know, that's just not your people Um, and you just need to find your people and and they will show up. Right. I tell my daughter that
2: too because she feels that she needs to be everybody's friend and she's felt that for so long and I'm like, honey, it's okay. You know, you're gonna find somebody who, you know, is your person and you know, you relate to and it's and then we all go through different seasons in life where you know, you're gonna outgrow certain certain people along your path, and that's okay too, because we all grow in different ways. And I believe that people were come were meant to come into our life at a certain point and then sometimes they were just meant to teach us a lesson and then they were meant to let go you know to or to let them go and I think a lot of us feel guilty when we feel that we should be doing that um in any relationship you know that that we have as an adult and it's it's hard to do no matter what age you are um but being an adult is is hard to think that somebody came in to teach me to teach me this And, but now they're no longer needed because I've outgrown or they've outgrown, we've outgrown each other and now it's time to release them, um, in whatever way, shape, you know, form. So
1: this um, is a really important point to normalize, honestly, Jenny, because this is sort of natural evolution as people grow and change and, you know, this has happened to me plenty of times in my life. Because, and and honestly, is very typical if you are have endured childhood trauma, because, you know, you sort of do evolve very quickly and rapidly and expansively. And, you know, it is okay to grow and change. And it is sad to sort of not connect with people the way you used to, but that's nothing to feel bad about. It just simply means that you know, we evolve in a way and other people evolve in different ways. And there is no ill will. um, But we all are deserving of growth and expansion. And so we do really have to talk more about normalizing when people just outgrow each other. And, you know, it happens with friends, it happens in marriages, like people just evolve. But what I'll say is, you know, And one, we have to grieve those losses because, and and that is something that grief is a big deal. And I think people think about grief and death, like that makes sense, but we experience Mm -hmm. grief all the time. Like we grieve old versions of ourselves. We grieve lost friendships. Um, And it doesn't mean we don't value the time we spent with those people, like you said, but you know, grief is important in many areas of life, not just in, in death. And so grief is just another feeling to feel. And, and that's, you know, sort of a question I always ask my clients is, is, you know, did you grieve that loss, you know, even changing jobs, grieve the old job, um, you know, cause it's something that's ending. You know, I think you can sort of assign grief to any ending, even if, you know, it's a good ending. You know, it's good that something's ending, but there is still grief associated with it. Absolutely, that's a good that's a good thing to touch
2: on because you're right. Grief is we do just associate it with, you know, the loss of a loved one, Um, but it could absolutely be anything that we are becoming detached to or have become detached to, whether or not it's been a year or a decade ago. You know, have have you got gotten through that point, um, of your life and put it in the past. You had mentioned a book a a little while ago. Um, tell me about the, the book that maybe you could, um, that the audience would find interesting.
1: Yeah. So this book is, um, called the body keeps the score. Um, it is, um, by Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, he is a, um, researcher. He works out of Boston. Um, and this book, in particular, is it's a pretty intense book. It's a very deep book, but it does um, discuss uh, the trauma and living in the body connection. Uh, and you know, he gives a lot of—I mean, he gives a lot of very deep, graphic examples. And so, I say I recommend this book to a lot of people. I recommend it to my clients. Um, you know, he does—he goes into a triggering book myself um because um he talks a lot of he talks a lot about war veterans he talks a lot about childhood abuse tra- um survivors and so you know if you have endured um you know deep trauma uh, even if you've endured little t traumas you know there's big t traumas and little t traumas everyone has traumas um but you know the book can be a triggering book um so listen to it with caution and very carefully uh, and slowly, you know, take breaks when you need to. But, you know, I think this is one of my biggest missions is to educate people that unprocessed, unhealed wounds do live in our physical body. Um, and, you know, when I work with my clients around taking care of their bodies, I I really do not focus on weight loss and, you know, getting a six pack. I really work on caring and loving the body, honoring the body, Um, you know, women who have had children, like honoring your womb space, you know, our womb space is where all of our slow, gentle energy lives. And we live in a very masculine, go, 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 do, do, do world. And so, you know, for the listeners, like, you really want to, if you are a mom, like thank your womb space, honor your womb space. I said this to somebody and they were like, I've never, I don't even think about that. I don't even talk to my womb space, but I actually try to thank different parts of my body for like getting me out of bed every morning, allowing me to drive my car to pick up my children, you know, we're so in autopilot and we're focused on the wrong things again, because of society, you know, you have a baby and it's like, get your body back. Well, I don't really want my body back if you will. Cause you know, that body didn't grow a baby. This body did. Um, but sort of just, you know, but keeping your, like, I really, we didn't get to talk, touch on this and I know we're probably running low on time, but you know, core, the core of your body, your abdominal muscles, your posture. This is so important to any human, but women in particular, I meet women. A lot of my clients come to me with lower back pain and tight hips. Um, I work with someone with a weak pelvic floor and, you know, it's, when I work with people, I'm also a personal trainer. When I work with people, like, I just want to help people bring balance to their muscles um, and not, you know, obsess over what size you are, how much you weigh. Um, I really sort of want to be a change maker in you know, less focus on weight, less focus on appearance and more about nourishment, honoring your body and caring for your body Uh, balancing your muscles being strong um, you know to sort of carry you through your days like I am very focused on body positive and releasing old programming and narratives of you know looking a certain way albeit small you know we just have this need to be small and it's that is that is that those those thoughts and you know sort of trying to shove your body into something that it's just not meant to be. I, I really want women to release themselves from from those thoughts.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, tell me, when you are feeling stressed, what is it that you do um, for 10 minutes to give you a peace of mind
1: for your me time? Uh, I actually, um, I have a corner in my office that I literally put myself in the corner. I, you know, I, I do, the corner. <laughs> yeah. but mommy in the corner, Mummy needs her corner. And, you know, I, again, my husband is hugely supportive, you know, and I did this a couple of weeks ago. I just was highly activated. I was feeling very anxious, a lot of negative thoughts for whatever reason. A lot of times for me, it's because I haven't taken the downtime or I've eaten a lot of sugar. Sugar always kind of propels my negative thinking. And or I didn't get good sleep. And so, you know, if I'm feeling highly activated and actually in this case, I had missed a couple of, I meditate for 10 minutes every day. I sit in 10 minutes of quiet every single day, Um, but I do miss days. Um, And that week I happened to miss a couple of days and I was just feeling really, like I couldn't get control of my breathing and my thinking. And I just looked at my husband and I said, I need to go and sit in my office for 10 minutes with the door closed and quiet and he said go ahead and he like i could hear my girls being like where's mom and he's like she's in her office do not open the door and you know what it was like the medicine i needed it my body calmed down my breathing regulated my thoughts sort of cleared um and you know it really can be that simple um and you know I was the person who was like, I can't meditate. I can't, I can't do it. Years ago, I couldn't do it. And some days are harder. Some days my mind is everywhere. And it is, what do I have to do? Or this person really upset me and I'm feeling really, I'm feeling a lot of grief. I'm feeling a lot of shame. Should I have not said that? The, all of those thoughts come up, but you know, when, this, when they come up, it's just like, okay, just come back to my breath, come back to this moment, you know, let those thoughts fly away and just keep practicing. I read the book 10% Happier. It's by Dan Harris. It's another excellent book. I read it in 2017. Dan Harris is an ABC news anchor who had a panic attack on the air. He turned to meditation. He just kept practicing. And I read the book and I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I didn't do it. And then I went back to it because I knew I needed it. And now It is just something I will never be without. And when I miss a session, I am reminded because I can see the shift in my personality. Um, And so this is something that is free and that you have control over doing. And so, you know, I say often find your peace and quiet. We need more quiet. We're an overstimulated population. We're an overstimulated society. We have devices, we have you know, a lot of activities and a lot of people and we just need quiet and quiet is free. Right. And that
2: is so very true about being overstimulated. There is just anywhere you turn, it's just something is always right there. I mean, look, we have, you know, our cell phones never leave our side. And it's not just to call somebody anymore. We call, we text, we check our emails. We're on all of the social media. We hear, we get news updates and whatever it is. And it's like, oh my God, there's always something right at the tip of our fingertips. To close in on our conversation, I'm just want to ask you a couple questions. Um, if you could go back to any time in your life, if it was childhood or you're you know, in high school, young adulthood, what time would it be and why?
1: Oh, it's so interesting. Um I think I would go back to like my um I would say like my preteen self. And you know, I would sort of tell that version of myself that you know, um it doesn't matter if you have a boyfriend. It doesn't matter who likes you. Uh you are capable of anything you put your mind to. Uh you know, don't chase a career because of money. Uh, and, you know, cause I, people are always like, you know, what would you have been if you didn't end up where you were? And like, I would have been a dancer, but someone told me that you couldn't make a living that way. Uh, and I would tell the younger version of myself, like the, you're, you have no limit. You can be what you want to be. Um, and I say that because I don't really want to go back to my early childhood. It was not a good time, but like, I feel like if I could have caught myself between, you know, my single digit years and my preteen years and just sort of told, tell her how, you know, she can do anything she wants to do. Um, That's where I would go.
2: I love that. That's great. Um, And then if you had one thing to tell the audience that um, may have, you know, a chronic illness or pain every day, what is something you would, you
1: just want to address to them? I want you to find what supports your soul and your spirit, because I think you can take all your medication and you can eat right and you can exercise. But if you're not um, doing anything to light up your soul and cultivate and nourish your spirit, um, I think that's just as detrimental um, to your health as you know, doing, checking all the boxes that, you know, your doctors and whatnot may be telling you to do. Um, And so like, find what lights you up, find, observe in yourself when you're truly happy and try to do a little bit bit of it every day, because I believe that that is um, an epidemic in and of itself is people are not doing what makes them happy anymore. Like they're too focused on Taking care of everybody else, their jobs and whatnot. And our soul and our spirit need love and attention, and you deserve it. So do something, find what makes you happy. Is it painting? Is it drawing? Is it just, you know, sitting on a beach? Like just whatever feeds your soul is to try to do a little bit of it every day. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with everything you just said
0: there,
2: because that is like literally my like mantra in my course creation that I'm currently going through is you know trying to find what it is that people want and and it it is it's it's feeding your soul the good stuff and that's just simple you just gotta and it's well it sounds simple It, it is difficult but you have to want to do it for yourself and to know that you deserve to to feel your soul feeling happy right
1: so Gina tell the audience
2: where they can find you.
1: So you can go to my website. It's healingwithgina.com. You can book uh, time with me there. Um, You can email me at gina at healingwithgina.com if you have questions about my work. Uh, And you can find me on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram at gina.m.newton. I'm on Facebook uh, at Gina Marie Newton. And then I'm actually on TikTok very most recently as intuitive healer Gina. So intuitive period healer period Gina. Um, So I'm covering all of the platforms to really get my mission out. Um, Your mind controls your body. We need to reconnect our mind to our bodies and, you know, sort of love ourselves fiercely in every way. I couldn't agree with you more. I absolutely love this
2: conversation. I will link all of your information in the show notes in this episode, as well as the two books that you mentioned in case anybody was interested in um, learning more about those. And thank you so much. I really appreciate you being
1: here. I really enjoyed this conversation. So thanks for being here, Gina. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure and I truly hope your listeners walk away with Just a different perspective and maybe reach out to me if you implement any of the things we talked about. I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Have a great day.
0: Hi, friends. Let me take a quick minute and thank our very first show sponsor. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. It's so easy, even I can do it. Trust me, that means you can do it too. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. (laughs) Thank you all for being here. I am so glad we found each other. See you next time. Have an incredible day, my beautiful friends.